But I want you to think this morning, like, what the shepherds did, we only do when those big, boisterous, instantaneous moments come into our life. Our response, as we look at how the shepherds responded, should come any time we realize God has done something in our lives. The moment we realize that God has been faithful to teach us, to challenge us, to shape us, to reveal himself to us, to reveal truth to us, to forgive us, to love us, to accept us and restore us. When we have those moments of revelation, we should be ready to talk about it like the shepherds did. So in this story, as we kind of dig deeper into it, we see that the shepherds kind of did this in three ways. The first is in Luke 15. It says, so the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So the first thing the shepherds did is the shepherds talked to each other. They talked to each other. I love it. it says there, they went into, then the shepherds said to one another. I absolutely love that the first thing the shepherds did here was talk to each other about what they had experienced. Did you see that? Was I the only one that saw that? Am I crazy? Like, did we all experience this together? Yes. And as you start talking about it, your words bring life to what God did. You ever seen that happen in your life? Like God breaks in, God does something, and you're like, man, is this really happening in my life? And you start to talk to somebody about it, and it just brings it to life. It brings truth to it. This is the key to solidifying the work of God in our lives. Taking the time and intentionality to talk about what is God is saying to you and to me with other believers is one of the quickest ways to reinforce the work of God in your life. God does something, speak about it to others who believe and let it reinforce in your life. You know, you ever had one of those times where maybe God does something and you don't share it and you kind of hold it back and over time, you start to think, well, did he really do that? Did he really change? And you hadn't really spoken life into it with other people, and it just kind of diminishes. I want you to see a couple of things here. One is God's word is designed to be talked about in groups. That's what it's designed to be. When God gave his word, it was most often shared in groups of people. It was read in front of people. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we do small groups. That's why we have these relationships, because that's the way God intended it impact comes when i verbalize what god is teaching me and i hear what god is also teaching others iron sharpens iron regularly i meet with two guys two men jamal and chase the three of us get together on a somewhat regular basis and we talk about some crazy things but every time we get together we also talk about what god's doing in our life and i love the fact that when the three of us get together man what God is doing in us individually all of a sudden comes together and we see the power of God in our lives like never before. I told them I'm going to surprise them. Would you guys come down here for just a minute? And um, <laughs> this would be exciting. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I didn't prep them for this, but uh, I just told them I was going to call them down. But what I want to, I want them to hear not just from me, but I'd like them to hear from you guys how this relationship of the three of us has changed your life on a spiritual basis, being able to have accountability and an opportunity to share and do life with one another. So uh, we got to do the bromance. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, for me, uh, tremendous because um, I'm kind of um, 
Even though I got a big family, there's certain things you can't talk to everybody about the certain things, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like Patrick, you know, he's very good with, I would say, with the Inception. You ever see that movie, Inception? <laughs> He'll plant an idea in your head and you don't know that it's there until you realize. So, I mean, this guy, you know, we got a lot of um, similarities and um, it helped me with, like, my relationship with my, my mother. It helped me with my relationship with, um, you know, obviously having Pat around, you know, you know, I, we get to talk about a lot of different things, with you know, spiritual things and stuff. So um, it's helped me tremendously, uh, you know. It's hard to verbalize it, yeah. but without preparation, <laughs> it's been it's been it's been great. It's been yeah. a um, life changing experience, and it's kind of like having like um, two white brothers now. You know, <laughs> my family, so it's great. Oh, awesome. it's great. Chase, what was the question again? Yeah. Um, seriously, what just was how it? how <laughs> relationally doing right. life together there's with so, the There's so much. Um, there's so much. I'll tell you this: like I've been struggling with riding the subway for a long time, and I live in New York. You haven't figured that. Um, but long story short, because of these guys, I guess, just give me freedom to like not. I, I guess I have, I have, exact. I think like this most of the time, <laughs> and the ability to express myself and not edit myself and tell these these guys exactly what I'm thinking, and then. Usually when I say what I think, I cringe and I wait for like, did any of that go through? Is anybody understanding me right now? And the fact that they're getting me is like freeing up. Tara makes fun of me most of the time when I when I stutter like this. She's <laughs> the only other person in the world. So, you know, and I recently just being able to, I guess, borrowing some courage from you guys and insight and everything. I, you know, I have been riding the subway again, like, you know, so that's been a big thing nice. for me personally. But I'll take credit for that. Forget these <laughs> guys. So. Awesome. You tell them thank you. I just wanted you in a brief moment to hear the, the, what life, doing life together and talking about what God is doing in our life does for one another. We become, we all become better. We, I love the way Chase said it. We borrow courage from one another. And so it becomes this way when I am in need, I have somebody to reach out to and lean into. And, and what this is, what I want you to see next is the enemy of God's presence, the enemy of this in your life is personal isolation. It's me choosing to isolate. One of the biggest traps that we find is that we think our relationship with God is a personal relationship. I, I love that I have quiet moments with God. I love that I can study the scripture and pray alone. But that is not what God designed us to do is to be alone. He designed us to do this together. And I just love that we can see the shepherds immediately saying, let's talk to one another about this. God did not call us to be lone ranger Christians. You think about it, who did the Lone Ranger even have? Tonto, right? I mean, he didn't go around by himself. I mean, he's, we, we aren't designed for that. And so we get caught up in this isolation trap, and we think it's, you know, God does something, I need to keep it to myself. No, speak it out. Do life together. Second thing we see is in Luke chapter 2, verse 16 through 18. It says, Then they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and they saw it. And they made known the sayings that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. The second thing we see here is the shepherds talked about it to other people, to people outside the faith, people who had never heard the news before. Can you imagine these guys? They get this news. They run into Bethlehem. The angels didn't say, like, here's exactly where you'll find Jesus. 
They said, here's what to look for. And so they run into Bethlehem and like, hey, anybody seen a, a newborn baby? Like in a manger? And I feel like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you might see a pregnant lady come in here. I mean, this place was overcrowded. There were no room in the inn. There were people everywhere. And these guys are searching for a baby in a manger. And they finally find it, and they realize it is real. What the angel said is true. And I don't know what they did fully when they found Jesus. It just says, I'm sure they told Mary and Joseph, because Mary says she took these things and pondered them in her heart. But I do know what they did when they left. They started telling everybody. They started speaking it out. And this is what I want you to hear. The good news is meant to be shared. It's meant to be shared. It's not meant to be kept to ourselves. Everywhere the shepherds went, they began telling people about the birth. And it was meant to be not isolated and kept to themselves, but taken and distributed to other people. When God does something in your life, I want you to hear this. He doesn't do it just for you. Think about that for a minute. Because so many times we're praying and asking for God to answer a prayer in our life. And when God does that, he doesn't just do it for you. He does it for those that your life impacts as well. An answered prayer for you is an answered prayer for those you share it with as well. To see that God has changed your life, that God has answered something in your life can be a blessing for other people as well. But I want you to hear this too. Good news won't always be understood. I, I love how it said here, people heard this and they began to wonder. Like what? You, the, the Messiah is a baby? As much as the shepherds we talked about last week are like overwhelmed with that thought, people were too. They were still wondering about it. You know, it's not our job to make everybody understand everything about God and how he works, but it is our job to simply speak about what God has done in our lives in such a way that it might make people wonder, could that really be true? I love that. It's not our job to explain God or explain what he did. It's just our job to tell people what he did. And when we can create wonder and awe in people's life, that's what draws them to God. It's not being able to explain how God works. It's just being able to explain the fact that God did work in my life. The third thing we see here is in verse 20. And it says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God with all they had heard and seen and had been told to them. And the, the third thing the shepherds did is they, they talked to God. They talked back to God. I get this picture of them here heading back to their flocks, kind of alone again, just them. They still can't keep their mouths shut. And they're still so excited about what they had seen and what had happened just a few hours ago when the, the angel first appeared. And they just start simply praising God. Maybe they start quoting some of the old prophecy from the Old Testament about the Messiah. Or maybe they just start crying out and thanking God spontaneously. Maybe they break into song and they're singing together about the greatness of God from an old psalm that David wrote. And they're praising God together whatever they did they understood this fact when god works in your life we can't help but to praise and glorify him in return to return our hearts overflow with praise and glory back to him here's what glorifying god means glorifying god is when he consumes the desires of our heart when god invades our life and something unique happens darkness flees 
despair evaporates and our hearts begin to beat for him. Our passion becomes focused on him. His presence and his work in our life fill us up to overflowing where we can't help but turn it back to him. Praising God means this. It's when we, he becomes consumed the thoughts of our mind, what we think about. I can't stop thinking about this. I can't stop speaking about who God is and what he has done for me. The scriptures remind me. Daily activities point to his presence. Everything I do in my life reminds me of God. I start seeing him in everything. Music overwhelms me. When I hear worship, it just it overwhelms who reminds me who God is and it overwhelms me. My heart and my mind can't get enough of God. Which brings me to this question, this thought. Why isn't life like this all the time? Right? I mean, it should be, right? I mean, why God's constantly working in our life. You know, does God only show up at special occasions or when I really need him? If I happen to figure out the right formula for prayer, then he'll show up. The truth is that Scripture says that God's mercies are new for us every day. Every day. God provides new mercies for us. Each day he's working in our life. Each day angels are making announcements and we are receiving good news of great joy. But more often than not, we fall into these traps. And it's what we talked about. We retreat into isolation. We don't tell anybody what God's doing in our life. We don't take the time to look and see what God has been doing in our life. And it loses our impact. Or maybe, instead of sharing about the wonder of God's other, we try to explain God away. Instead of saying, oh, God answered this prayer for me, we say, well, you know, I prayed about it, but then I did this, 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 and this, and then this person did this, and this, and, you know, this kind of happened instead of saying, God answered. Now, I, I can't explain it. He just did. He answered. This is what stifles the natural response of praise and glorifying God. It isn't that he has stopped working. It is that we have stopped talking about it. And so my challenge for you today is to don't ever stop talking about the work of God in your life. Don't stop talking about it. It is the most powerful conversation you can have to impact your life and the life life of others. So my question for you today is this. What are you talking about? And who are you talking to? Are you talking about the work of God in your life? Are you talking about those that are in the faith and in the family with you? Do you have somebody that you can go and share that with and, and borrow courage and borrow faith from one another? Are you talking about it with people outside the faith, people that don't understand who God is but can see the work in your life and are wondering, can that actually be true? And are you praising and glorifying God and telling him, thank you? You know, what this means is this. It's not that you've got to preach to everyone you meet. not what I'm telling you to do. But instead, be ready to speak about the hope that you have in you. I want to close with this verse. 1 Peter 3.15 says this. If someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. What an incredible verse and what an incredible challenge. Be ready to talk about the hope that is within you when somebody asks you about it. Who are you talking to? And what are you talking about? 
Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you in just this moment to think about what you've done in our lives. God, some of us have had moments of just spontaneous work where you, God, in an instant changed our lives. Some of us can look back methodically and see the way that you've shaped and moved us. Sometimes it's been loud, sometimes it's been quiet. But God, help us today to talk about what you are doing. God, let our voice, let our words glorify and praise you. Father, I am grateful for the joy you have brought into my life, for the salvation that you have poured into my life. God, please remind me day by day, moment by moment, to speak of your good news of great joy. In your son's name.